Welcome to the That's Deep podcast. I'm Naomi, and I'm an international board-certified life and success coach, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, or NLP, as you've heard it, an empath, a mother, an introvert, and a podcast host. It is my mission to empower humans from the inside out through inner and outer exploration. Thank you so much for being here. If you love the show, please give it a follow and a five-star rating. I appreciate you so much. Now let's dive in. Hey everyone, I just wanted to invite you to connect with me on Instagram at naomicourtney.co. Again, that's at naomicourtney.co on Instagram. Thank you. All right. Welcome to the show, Anya. Hello. Um, I want to dive right in and I would love it if you could tell us more about your story and your background. So where are you from and what do you do for a living? Yes, I am from Germany, a town in Easter, in the eastern part of Germany, and I am a writer. I published my first novel last year in the summer. I'm very proud of that. It was a long journey. And before that, I published several nonfiction books about minimalism and nutrition stuff that I'm personally interested in. I wrote about that and self-published those books on Amazon and this is how I make a living. That is so cool. I think I want to say you're you might be the first like primary writer like who have been who's been on the podcast. Like there's been other coaches who have you know published books here and there but like you are like I think the first like true writer on the show. Yeah. So, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um I'm curious what did you do before you started your writing business? Yeah, I um, studied communication science and American studies and history in the university here uh, in the same town I'm living in right now. And then I started out in public relations for a university institute, but I didn't really like that job, to be honest. <laughs> so and I always loved writing. I mean, I've been a writer my whole life, but I just needed a push to start yeah, doing what I love and try to earn a living with that. And I forgot to mention that I also now starting out as a writing coach. So I want to try to bring the joy of writing to other people as well. So that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so I will definitely ask you um, more questions on everything writing and coaching and being an author, but right now I want to get into the fun stuff. So let's get okay. into a, a fun round of personal <laughs> questions so that our listeners can get to know you better. Okay. Okay. So what is one, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. What is one thing that you wish people knew more about you? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. That I am not as serious as I sometimes seem to be. <laughs> I have a great sense of humor. And that I still sometimes, if I need to need my time for myself, it doesn't mean that I don't like the people I'm usually around with. I just need time to rest. And yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah, an intuitive person. And I am a very spiritual person. I think a lot of people don't know that about me, the people in my life. 
my friends and stuff. I try to be more honest about those things, but most people won't really know about this, I think. Yeah, no, I totally can relate to that. I feel like once you can feel comfortable that like they'll be open to just like different sorts yeah. of information, then you're like, okay, then you can end up talking to them. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I understand. Okay, so I know that you are quite musically talented. So with Ooh, that yes. being said, <laughs> can you um, can you tell our listeners like your favorite song, maybe your favorite musical artist? Who that's very difficult. I have a very broad taste of music. I I learned the violin as a child, and yeah, I still play the violin and so classical instruments as well, like the piano and also the guitar. But I also had this phase as a teenager where I listened to punk music, like this old style punk music. And so, yeah, like I said, very diverse. I like music this that's very emotional, that kind of gets to me. And um, sad music can be something, but also happy music, of course. So I don't really have one artist that I prefer. I mean, I like also Radiohead and comes to my mind and muse like those more rock music bands so yeah but I also love film music movie music very much because this is the music that is um, supposed to transport those emotions and can be really great so I love to listen to those kinds of music as well especially when I'm writing to help ah. me get into the writing mood for a novel for a special scene for instance that is yeah. such a good a idea yeah, it really helps. Music is a very great part of my creativity, not just only playing music myself, but really using the music to enhance the emotions and to get into a scene. So yeah, I love music. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I love that so much. I was just going to ask you, do you listen to like soundtracks from movies yeah, and, and films? So that's so cool. Do you have a certain a movie that you just love the soundtrack to? Like, like for me, I love um, the Titanic soundtrack. Yeah. Like it just like brings up Classic. so many emotions. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I'm there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I like, like um, especially I like so uh, music from battle songs and, and fight scenes and stuff like, because this is really, I just try to think of some, I mean, Hans Zimmer is of course, in German it would be Hans Zimmer. <laughs> is of course a name I, that comes to mind yeah just a lot of music I listen to so I don't have any special I'm not very good with names <laughs> <laughs> it's okay you're a lover of lots of different types of music yes. so that's awesome yes okay well I love that you're a female entrepreneur who has kids so tell yeah. me the biggest lessons that um each of your children have taught you yeah um the biggest lesson I think is to let go already from my kids are very young there um, the youngest is seven now and the eldest is 12 years old and in between she's 10 so um, I had to learn to let go of not to put too much pressure too much pressure on myself but also on the kids like I'm quite relaxed now about um, yeah for instance, TV, how much TV they watch or how much they do for school. I'm trying to let them be who they are and trust in their own ability to 
Yeah. Yeah, to the most important thing for me is that they are happy as themselves. And I think when I started to accept um, that they are just different to me, for instance, my eldest is an INFP and I am INFJ. So I really, as soon as I understood that she has some difference in behavior to myself and I let her be like that, she didn't have to go with my plans and I knew she would be on time anyways, although she started to do things much later than I would have done. As soon as I accepted that, um, things got much easier between us. We have a very warm relationship and um, yeah, this helps a lot just to not put my personality onto my children or my own fears and anxieties maybe just to make them their own experiences and allow them to be themselves. That's very important. Yeah, I love that so much. And those are definitely lessons that I'm, I'm learning too. Yeah, you definitely like come from a good place and you just want like the absolute best for them. But sometimes like, it's tough to just like let them make mistakes on their own and all that kind of stuff. Just, yeah, it's part of life. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And what also helped me was I think it was some of the teachers from that uh, were about the law of the universe, the law of attraction. And they said that, um, I think it was Abraham Hicks, mm -hmm. that kind of made me realize is that the children now need different um, abilities than we needed for our, or we need for our life. So we don't, we shouldn't put our expectations on them because they need different things for themselves. So we, show, so we should let them, go with their flow and it really helped a lot because the good thing about it as a parent is that you don't have as much pressure anymore you can be a lot more relaxed and it helped me a lot and I see the children are very happy they are not crazy or something mm -hmm. <laughs> like even when they watch tv they don't watch the whole day or something for instance like that they just learn to um yeah they learn to or they know um, when they should um, turn off the TV or they, they can have their own experiences with that and, and grow their own knowledge with that. So I don't need to put this on them, onto them. Yeah, yes. Ah, I love that. Such good advice. Yes. Okay, so I'm curious, what are your astrological signs? I'm an Aries sign and I think the moon sign is Gemini. Mm -hmm. And my ascendant, I just did this some weeks ago, I think, when we talked about this, Leo. Oh, cool. Because I had some trouble with my birth chart with the time when I was born, but I dig into it and ask my mom again. And so I think I got it right now. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's super cool. So you've got, yeah, you've got a lot of fire in your signs, yeah. right? Nice. And then, yes. and then you've got some air. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's awesome. Um, can you tell us about a like a tough or a hard situation or experience that you've had in your life that that took a lot of work for you to overcome? Um, and how did you move past it? Yeah, the toughest was maybe writing my first novel in the sense that I needed really to work on yeah, to finish it, this was just a big lesson. I, I learned a lot from that. And I can only tell everyone who wants to write, just start with it because when, while you're doing it, you're learning so much about yourself. I learned so much about myself that um, for instance, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I couldn't 
write every day, for instance, and it's a very creative process, obviously, and I kind of fought myself if I, when I wasn't able to write, for instance, and I was like, ah, oh, you're too lazy, and it's a dream, you have to do this. And so I put a lot of pressure on myself. And then I found Lauren Sapala, who's also an INFJ writer. And she just said, you don't have to write every day. It's okay to go with the flow. And as soon as I took the pressure off, um, it worked. I, um, I write several novels and I jump projects, but I still can fi could finish one novel and I'm working on the next one. And so it's just another, um, yeah, it's a better form of creativity where you're not just um, hurting all the time, but you like, you love it and you love writing and you love the experience. So this is something, a big lesson for me. This was a big lesson for me to not put myself under so much pressure. And I still, of course, I'm not healed from that <laughs> totally, mm -hmm. but I know where I can go or what I have to do for myself to calm down and relax. And I think when you're relaxed, you're much more able to be creative as if when you're under stress, you cannot really be creative, not in a good way. I yeah. Think. Yeah. That's huge. Well, I just want to like give you a, a huge congratulations on, you know, just accomplishing all of that. That's, that's huge. And that's, it sounds really stressful. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you made it. Yeah, it was like, I knew I wanted to be a writer or I knew writing is my thing, but at the same time, I just couldn't yeah, write the next chapter and stuff like that. And then you start to think that you're just crazy <laughs> for even wanting to do this as a job somehow. And then you, of course, have the pressure with the money that you kind of want to earn money sometime with the books or that people just ask you, and when are you ready? <laughs> mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, with that being said, I guess, what advice would you give to yourself, but as a child? Yeah, it's very, yeah, my best advice would be follow the flow and follow your energy and don't, um, yeah, don't listen to other people or don't let yourself be influenced by other people's opinions so much, because a lot of for me, the, one of my biggest struggles is still the distinction of what and who am I and what is what other people want me to do. You know, I'm this people pleasing thing and I'm really learning now to go into a quiet space to calm down and listen into my body, how I feel about things just to um, recognize what is it that I want. So I think as a child, I uh, yeah adapted to this people-pleasing living. And there was a time, I think in my 20s or 30s, where I was really confused about what I want to do with my life. So there, there was a lot of work I had to do and still have to do with finding my own truth. What is, who am I as a person? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, it's like a lifelong discovery, right? Just getting mm -hmm. closer and closer yeah. to the true self. So, yeah, yeah, awesome. Okay, well, what is one thing that you would never change about yourself? Hmm. I think I am good <laughs> who I am. I just, this is something very important to 
accept who, who you are in a good way. Um, I think I should even be more kind to myself. So some things I wouldn't change about myself. I mean, I always want to be a creative person, although I have some struggles with it, but this is a gift, all those ideas that come to me and this is something really valuable. So my creative part, I don't want to lose this one. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so I am gonna jump right into personality types. So I'm just yeah. gonna quickly talk, yeah, about um, just why using personality types um, is you know helpful and important in our personal development. And I wanna share with everyone that Anya is an INFJ. Um, in the Myers-Briggs personality type system. And so am I, <laughs> so we have something in common. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I just wanna go over some fun notes about the INFJ. So that four letter code stands for introverted, intuitive, uh, a feeler and judger. So um, they're one of the rarest Myers-Briggs personality types. So about you know one to three percent of the general population, so pretty small. Um, and many INFJs report that they feel that they've always felt different than others. Can you relate to that, Anya? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. It was so cool to read about this. this. A lot of people say they feel like an alien, and I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Totally. Yes. And um, many INFJs, you know, they feel like they're old souls. You know, they many report that they grew up feeling wiser um, than what would be typically predicted by their chronological age. So they have this really deep concern for quality, um, highly intuitive, really insightful. Um, you know, they get this these like gut feelings, those aha moments um, and you know, I think they're naturally supportive to others. So, you know, I think they always find themselves um, in situations where others are coming to them for, for counseling and advice and, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, whether it's your friends or your siblings or uh, your kids or your, your spouse or, yeah, just you're that person <laughs> that yeah. gives a lot of advice. Do you, do you feel like that's accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. And I mean, for instance, even my husband, or it's a good thing that my husband comes to me and asks me a lot or and talks to me a lot just to yeah, reflect on stuff he's going through. So it helps him that I can actively listen and give him even some advice. So he always says I'm his personal coach. Yeah, <laughs> so, I yeah. love that. And your husband is an ENFJ, is that right? Yes, he's an ENFJ. Uh, cool. Yeah. So then you share that um, that cognitive function, the extroverted feeling, like you're really able to go ahead and talk about emotions and help people process through um, emotions just by talking. Yes, definitely. And it's sometimes funny as we can read each other very well. <laughs> so we can't always hide what we're really feeling. Yep. <laughs> sometimes it's very funny in a marriage when you're like, feeling that the other one is maybe angry about something or <laughs> yeah so but we, that's also a good thing we talk about everything as soon as something comes up to the surface we talk about it and so I think communication is always key and we both are yeah, very open about that and communicate a lot also with our children so I hope everything harmony is very important to to all of us so I hope yeah. this is good for the children as well <laughs> 
Yeah, that's awesome. And I was just, oh, I think I had read something that said when um, you you meet like a partner or you, you marry someone that has the like the same. Um, so like you're both intuitive, right? You both have the N in your personality. Um, yeah. And then you both have the F, right? The NF, um, intuitive feeler. And it makes for a, a, a lot more of a satisfying relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, it just feels I good to you. Too. Yeah. And it's, but it's not you can... that... Sorry. Oh, no, no, <laughs> yeah, I just, um, this is one of the reasons why we got together because um, I just loved about him that we could talk, have those deeper talks, not just, um, yeah, we, we were students when we met, so we could really have long talks and I felt like he could really listen to me and he was also very interested in all those topics and still is, as soon as I come up with a new idea, he's all in. So yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, like, I think we see um, thinkers and feelers, like those partnerships, like they definitely work and, you know, opposites yeah. attract and it's, it's good. But yeah, True. I've, I have heard sometimes like um, when an intuitive is say like with a sensor, it can create some sort of sadness mm -hmm. on both ends because you're not, you're really not seeing the world the same. Like you're, you're yeah. perceiving the world a lot differently. Um, or, you know, if you're a feeler versus a thinker, like you're, you're making decisions based on like way different things. And it's, yeah. it can, it can make a lot, you know, create a lot of sadness if, if we're not like aware of how others are wired uniquely. So, yeah. Yeah. So cool. I love that we can talk about personality types. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Great. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit more about the INFJ personality type. So okay. I have here that they um, they tend to feel most happy and fulfilled when they're helping others and, you know, helping others like grow in their consciousness. Um, and, you know, I think you'd mentioned this before. Um, I INFJs are far less serious on the inside than they appear on the outside. <laughs> yeah, like their inner world is playful and colorful and daring and mischievous. So yeah. yeah yeah true it is true <laughs> yep and i think that's also why i thought about becoming a writing coach because i felt like only writing isn't enough i also want to give something to people and i am seeking connection with other people mainly with other writers and so i think it's really it just feels good to be able to help other people who might have the same struggles as that i was going through as a writer yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you feel like as an INFJ, you, because I know you said you really like being in like meaningful, like interactions. Um, yeah. Does that help you like connect with people more when it's deeper and more like on that intimate level? Yes, definitely. I, I mean, I have friends, we go out and have fun and watch movies together, but I really love to chat about uh, deeper topics like we, we we do for instance in our calls it's just yeah that ignites my energy I love to talk about those things and I think this is a good basis to connect with other people and other sometimes for me it's just boring to be uh, at a party or something when people just talk about their work or their kids and so I get bored easily with that to be honest so I like uh, the connection about um, with deeper topics. Yeah, yep, that's true. I feel like a lot of INFJs don't like small talk. Yeah. You know, yep, I don't either. <laughs> 
Um, I I read your written interview with Jazz from the INF oh, yeah. Club. I also listened to your podcast interview, but I was reading your written interview and I saw in there that um, you said that sometimes people in the past have mistaken you for an extrovert. Um, yeah. And I think that's so funny because, yeah, many INFJs are mistaken for extroverts because um, we can be quite chatty. We can be really talkative yeah. with the right people. So, I don't want to the right people, but, you know, when we feel comfortable or when we feel that connection, um, yeah, we can get kind of chatty. Can you kind of share a little bit about your experience with that? Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, um, with my closer friends, I'm also more funny, more open with my jokes and yeah and i think people also might have thought me an extrovert because i was playing in a band and a singer and on stage and stuff like that but this was already always very draining for me so after such events i was really like i needed a break <laughs> so, yeah yeah but i think a lot of people might have thought i was an extrovert yeah and maybe also with my style of clothing and stuff like i had this punk face and i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can just picture you right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, just real quick, I'm curious where, um, what, like, what was your band called, and where did you play? And um, I was in several. We started. I started with an all-girl group uh, in school, <clears throat> and I was the lead singer and wrote the songs. So it really got to my creative side. So it was really good about that. And then when I was became a student at university I was in another band we played I, I tried to think of how we how the name of the band was I think something stupid like aunts and ants or yeah like something that had no true meaning <laughs> yeah so as students we played a lot and later when I had the kids I also got back to music and tried to sing again with people but I didn't like to have to be on stage in the evenings, you know, when you have kids. And so I thought, nah, that's not worth it. So I like playing music now at home with my kids and on myself. I really still do that, but not in a band anymore. Maybe later wow. sometime. <laughs> that is a really cool, like, past life that you've had. Like, yeah, <laughs> how many people can say they were in a band? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was always fun. So cool. Okay, well, wrapping up here about the INFJ type, um, I have here that INFJs, are, they, they really put this importance on knowing how others are feeling. Um, they really have a high value on making sure that others feel that emotional support and there's mutual understanding, um, you know, that everybody's on the same page, kind of like you said, harmony is important. Um, but INFJs are great at supporting others. Um, they want to help others live you know, more, more healthily, more authentically, um, more ethically. And they really use like their intuition into people so that they can help them, you know, figure out problems and come up with solutions that can help that person grow and heal. So Anya, how does all of this resonate with you? Are you able to share any more stories or examples of how you might be seeing your personality type, you know, show up in your personal and professional life? Yeah, uh, my intuition helps me a lot also, also with my own troubles, struggles. Um, I journal a lot um, every day and especially when I'm yeah, trying to solve a problem for myself or need to make a decision, it really helps me to write this out and it's kind of a written meditation. I just write about 
what comes up in my head and this kind of sparks my intuition and helps me really find a solution because I can kind of feel what is inside me, what's the truth I have. And it also helps me, of course, as a writer to, I think you said before that INFJs have those aha moments and I really love to get them um, as a writer and I get new ideas about my characters. And so this really helps me. Yeah, I just love to use this intuition for my yeah. writing when to, mm -hmm. to kind of ignite it and yeah. That is so cool. And just, you know, speaking about intuition, do you, do you consider yourself an empath or a highly sensitive person? Because many um, intuitives and then of course many INFJs do consider themselves um, sensitive. Yes, yes, I do. I mean, at first I thought, no, I'm not highly sensitive. That's yeah. not true. <laughs> but then when I really thought about it or what, what this means um, that I need yeah, time off, that I'm really sensitive to smells for and, and to noise and all the stuff. And then I thought, ah, maybe this is true. And the more I knew about it or the more I got aware about it, that I really was stressed out about when different people were talking to me, like with the kids, for instance, everyone comes to me and that I also take on their energies a lot that I really feel. And then when they get angry, I might get angry and I really have to work with that. And it helps a lot to be aware of that, that it's not my anger I'm feeling when I'm, for instance, waking up the kids. They mm -hmm. sometimes get really angry, of course, about that <laughs> when they have to go to school. Mm -hmm. And this can, those emotions can heighten, yeah, can, yeah, get together. So if I, I'm, I'm getting angrier, they get angrier. So to know that it's not my anger that I'm feeling helps a lot to deal with that and to stay calm, then I can stay calm and let it go through my body and yeah absolutely so this helps the kids as well of course <laughs> yeah that's true it's so helpful to have that knowledge and for our listeners that don't know what an empath is or a highly sensitive person um well let's talk about highly sensitive people so um highly sensitive people are highly sensitive to external stimuli sensory information coming in so like anya said if you know you, you've got 10 people talking to you at once, it's very overwhelming. Um, but the key difference between an empath and a highly sensitive person is that empaths do absorb the emotions of others. They can really take it on and, yeah. and that's tough. And um, in fact, even like last night, I went to go support a friend who was going through a pretty big loss. And okay. when I got back home, I was like, I felt really depressed. And I was like, mm. I just had like a great day at work. I don't understand what's going on. I'm like, oh, it's not mine. Wow. Yeah. So it's so interesting to have that knowledge. It's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it's really helpful because before you were just like, I'm feeling angry and you kind of try to do something with the anger, but when you realize it's not yours, you can just let it kind of through your body. That's how I imagine it, just that it that you acknowledge it and let it go through you and then take a deep breath and then it's getting better. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I know that one of the, the most helpful things that empaths can do to, you know, make sure their energy is calm and grounded and protected is grounding your energy. So kind of, mm. do you have any daily practices that you use to ground your energy, to calm down, to protect yourself? Yeah, it's the most important practice for me is the journaling. 
this is really like I'm not very good at the normal I say normal meditation you know sitting down and, and watching your breath for instance that I'm very good at that but I really feel like the writing down my thoughts while I watch them helps me a lot to calm down and I also practice uh, some breathing techniques to especially when I'm nervous for instance before an interview like that I sit down and um, yeah breathe calmly and I also just like to have a cup of tea and turn everything off and then have my journal and write down whatever comes to mind this really helps me to to get off away from screens and, and social media and stuff like that. this really helps me to calm down and get back to my own self yeah because I think I'm also very influenced by the voices of people online I mean first you think oh, it's not real it's just virtual but still I get those emotions I think from those people as well and so I'm really sensitive to that so I really try to have time off um, every day from away from social media and stuff yeah <laughs> news, I don't huge. watch the news because yeah. I've have been doing this for a long time so because this really helps me to not get agitated about something <laughs> yeah yeah that's like one of the biggest um pieces of advice I always have for other empaths is like don't watch the news yeah. <laughs> just don't like it's I mean really stay true. stay informed do your research but I mean when you just have the news playing like and it's just negativity like just yeah. being broadcast at you like all day it's just too much so yeah and you will never miss if something important happened people right. will tell you anyway your friends or family will you won't miss anything so it's okay to stop watching the news yes <laughs> yes so I'm curious um have you ever felt like you've been through some sort of spiritual awakening? Um, and if so, when did that first happen? Like, when did you kind of awaken to your intuitive abilities? I had gradual awakening, I would say. I mean, I was always drawn to um, like spiritual topics. I was, um, I was um, into Buddhism a long time. Always when I felt bad, I kind of knew I have to seek answers there in religion. I was also, or I still am very interested in Jesus and teachings and all stuff, because I feel like there's a pattern everywhere that in all those religions, they are the same patterns that you should love yourself and other people and stuff like that. And I was in a Buddhist group for a while and meditating a lot. This was really a good experience. I had very spiritual dreams at the time. So, and yeah, like I said, it's more gradual awakening because I'm really into personal growth. And so I'm always yeah, trying to learn more about myself and um, who I am. And like, for instance, that I'm an intuitive person. I only really did understand it when I was learning about the INFJ type before I wouldn't really have said that I'm intuitive you know I it helps me just to find the words for everything that I'm feeling and that is happening to me this is was a big step as well yeah yeah absolutely well thank you for just being vulnerable and sharing more about your spiritual side I think that's huge like you know a lot of us have a tough time allowing ourselves to be seen in that way yeah. um, because the fear of judgment is huge for empaths yeah, so it is yeah yep Awesome. Well, 
I am so excited because I want to dive into asking you questions about being a writer and an author and a coach. So yeah. when and how did you get started with writing? Like, like, how did you, how'd, yeah, how'd you yeah, get started? I, I tried to think about this as well. Um, I mean, I know I had stories in my head even before I was able to write. I know in kindergarten, I always made up stories about my favorite TV show or stuff like that. I imagined being there and for instance, Star Trek was a huge thing for me. I imagined to live in this world and yeah, and so I can't really remember when I really started to write them down. I think as soon as I was able just to really kind of write things down. And I, as a teenager, I was also had a lot of diaries I wrote into and I tried po I wrote poems and songs and all stuff. So all, writing was always a huge part of my life. And I think I lost a bit of that when I became a student. I had a boyfriend and stuff like that. I was kind of distracted by life and parties and stuff like that. And I came back to it, I think, yeah, when I, maybe when I became a mother and was at home more and I read a lot of books all, all the time and I got back to writing and this dream of writing down my novels. Yeah, so cool. Um, I'm curious, what about writing do you like the most? Hmm, that's a good question. I used to think it's just uh, getting those ideas and I really get excited when I have the first idea for a new story. This is like, almost like um, falling in love or something. It's like this, the same feeling you have some days where, where I'm really like crazy and just writing down everything. This is really, but it's also has a downfall afterwards. After this phase, you're really like, I'm really emptied out and I'm done like I need a break so and I think now I really love the whole process of writing then the, all the steps have something that is very great I also like in the editing phase to think about new words and make the sentence sound really great and or putting the story together and a big part is also the characters I really find my story through the characters so I'm really talking a lot to my characters I listen to music that kind of reminds me of my characters and so I'm really in a relationship with the characters in a constant yeah like an in, not even an interview this it's a very intimate relationship I think I have with my characters because I really get to know them very deeply and so I love this a lot about being a writer that you have friends <laughs> they are not real but there's are people that are very close to you yeah yeah I love that that is so cool um, I'm curious, what was the, what's the title of the novel that you put out and how can our audience, um, purchase one? How can they get their hands on your first novel? Yeah. Um, unfortunately it's only in, uh, written in German to, uh, until now. So, um, the title in English would be city of lies. So, um, and I'm working on having it translated. So I'm, collecting money, getting money from everywhere to because it's quite um, expensive to have a book translated. It's like 400 pages long. So, wow. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really, yeah, getting together the money right now. And I hope I can, it doesn't take too long to have it translated then. So as soon as I got the money together, I hope that I can have it um, translated late in the next year by the latest. And then it will also be published next year. 
everywhere. Yeah, so you cool. can, if you can read German, you can already buy it anywhere. Amazon or other bookstores should be available everywhere. So cool. And can you give our listeners just maybe like a sneak peek in like in one sentence? Can you tell us a little bit more about what your story is about? Yeah, that's very difficult always for me in one sentence. Um, it's about <laughs> okay, a uh, couple sentences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, usually you should have this one pitch ready. <laughs> but it's about an attorney and um, she comes back to her hometown where her parents were murdered and she um, yeah, has to work with a new partner and she kind of likes him, but he also has some methods of working she doesn't like it's about their morals and ethics as an attorney and she yeah had a difficult relationship with her father and all this comes together in the end because um, her partner works um, secretly for the guy who murdered her, her parents and but he wow. has reasons for that as well so yeah I <laughs> wow I have like goosebumps on my arms. I'm like, I want to read this. I can't wait until, because I can't read German yet. Yeah. <laughs> but I will yes. have it translated. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. Okay, well, you also hold live writing sessions on YouTube Live, yes. and I love them. <laughs> can you <laughs> tell you. our, yeah, can you tell our audience a little bit more about these live sessions and some of the benefits about uh, writing live with people online? Yeah, um, I used to watch those writing live streams myself and um it's a really great way to connect with other writers in a very relaxed atmosphere and what we do in those live streams is um, we have some writing time like 10 or 15 minutes of time to write and in the breaks between those writing times we chat about writing topics or tv shows we love whatever comes up and people in the chat can <clears throat> yeah also talk about this stuff and share their experience as a writer or even if they have struggles so it's a really great way to connect with other writers and people that are interested in writing that is so cool yeah and and if you could give anyone maybe three of your biggest insider tips on how to write their first book what would the what would those tips be hmm, good question first follow um, your energy don't push too far. If you feel like you need a break, take a break, even if it's a, a longer break for some days or weeks, because you will come back to your idea if you really love it and you will have new insights then. Um, another tip is still don't give up. Just because you took this, this break doesn't mean you will never finish. You have time. You can, so this is very important to never give up on the stream. And of course, um, you don't have to do this alone. There are a lot of people, for instance, with those live streams, they are really motivating. You can connect with other writers, but you can also seek professionals. Like I had an editor who was a great help for me that I sent my texts to. And so don't you don't have to do this alone. You can have other people help you with that and taking the next steps. I love that. Thank you. And you're also a coach now. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So can you tell us more about um, how you help your clients with their writing and what services do you currently offer as a coach? Yeah, um, I think the biggest help I can offer is giving or creating a space where you can really talk about 
your writing project, maybe the struggles you have as a creative in general. Sometimes it's just that you have struggled finding the time to write or stuff like that. But you can also talk with me about um, the problem you have within your novel when you have like come to a point where you think you don't know how to go on with the story. I'm really interested in stories in general. So this is a topic I'm really, I really love to talk about and the characters, how you can connect with your characters is a big topic for me. And usually I think the one in one-to-one -one session is the best thing that you really have someone that would be me that listens to you and actively listens to you and, um, and can also help you with my insights and give you some reflection. But usually it just really helps to have someone you can talk to about writing because normal people, I say normal, but people who don't write usually cannot understand what it means to be a writer, the, the emotional struggles you sometimes have with writing. So I think it just helps to have someone who can listen and reflect back to you. I like that. Yeah, I really like that. Like you can offer support in the mechanics of writing, of course, but yeah. on um, on the emotional side, which is so important. Yeah. So super cool. I'm excited for your coaching practice. Me too. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So wrapping up here, can you name one of your favorite um, influential thought leaders that you follow, um, whether that be in books, um, online, coaching courses, um, social media? Yeah. In terms of like just mindset influence business that kind yeah. of stuff yeah i'm lauren Zapala is a big one for me because she like i said she is an infj and a writer and she is really she knows a lot about the struggles writers have she helped me a lot with her books the infj writer for instance and then at the moment i'm working together with dan johnston who's an enfp and he's big into um, building the business for you that fits to you, to your personality style. And so he helps me a lot with yeah, building my coaching business right now and also with the marketing side of the business. So he's also one personality I'm, I would recommend to everyone who needs help with building their business, for instance. He's really good with that. So cool. Awesome. And one more thing. So as an introvert, how do you manage your own energy, you know, while working with um, different types of people? Because I feel like it can still be tough when you're doing that online. Um, so yeah, how do you manage your energy as an introvert? Very important. Um, just have one call a day, <laughs> for instance, not too many. I mean, maybe you will know best what about your energy. But for me, it's one call is usually enough if I really need to give space for this person. If I'm just in a group call or something, this is something different. It's more relaxed for me. But still, I realized in group coaching calls that it's very energy draining for me because I have several people I get the energy from. So you really should reflect after a call and how you feel before. I always also get very nervous before a call. So this also takes some energy from me. And even when I'm excited after a call, it's also sometimes I really get energy boosts afterwards. It, yeah, there's a lot of uh, energy exchange. So I really have to keep this in mind when I make um, dates for, for the next call, for instance, and in my calendar. So I really think of one call a day is enough for me. I like that. Yeah, that's really good advice. 
Yes. Well, thank you so much for being so willing to answer all of the interview questions. And I'm curious, where can our audience find you on social media and online? My webpage is asrenner.com. So you will find me there and all the links to Twitter. It's I think asrenner1 and Instagram is also asrenner1. You should find me there. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I hope to have you on next time. Yes, definitely. I liked it very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. What's up, everybody? It's Riley with the That's Deep podcast. Naomi and I would love to invite you to leave a review on iTunes. Scroll down to the bottom of the page after you're done listening to the episode and find the ratings and reviews. Tap the number of stars you see fit and leave a little comment for us. At the end of each month, we'll do a little raffle and pick a lucky reviewer to receive a little gift card from us at the That's Deep Podcast, a little token of appreciation. Thank you for all your support, and good luck.